It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams. We've got a great show for you guys today. We got a lot to get to. More trades in the NFL, this time at the offensive line position. And maybe one guy that the Rams might have been interested in is now off the board. As well as we're going to hear from Les Snead. He sat down with JB Long with the Rams Revealed podcast and talked about a ton of stuff. Anything from the upcoming draft to restructuring Jared Goff's contract, Jalen Ramsey updates, the new coordinators, RO line. He talked about it all. And we're going to break down some of that conversation in the second and third segment and kind of give my take on kind of reading between some of these lines. And again, Sean McVay and Lesney do a great job of keeping things very close to the vest. But uh, you can kind of just pick up some things out of the way that he communicates some of these things that uh, you might have an understanding of which direction the Rams may be going, uh, including the franchise tag, which, funny enough, we just talked about yesterday here on the show. And so that's kind of interesting, his thoughts on how the direction they will take that. So we'll talk about all that on today's show. Again, you can find us on social, LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit us up, say what's up, ask a question for the show. It's the off season, guys. It's your time to have a voice here on the show. So if you have a thought, comment or concern and you want to hear us talk about it here on the show let me know also you can find our show on spotify itunes google podcast and himalaya hit the subscribe button leave a review you guys know the deal but with all that good stuff out of the way let's just kick right into it the combine is over free agency is right around the corner and the rams have released the rest of their offseason schedule i'm bear motter with lockdown rams and this is your lead story if you're like me, this offseason is exciting, but at times feels like it's creeping along. Well, the Rams just gave you a full look at how this offseason is going to lay out for them, leading all the way up to their mandatory minicamp in June. Going back to what the Rams have done in the past, this offseason is broken down into three phases. Phase one starts April 20th. Players won't be getting on the field and doing workouts physically that way, but instead they'll be hitting the weight room, hitting the classroom, and working with the coaches. Obviously, a bunch of new guys in there as far as offensive, defensive coordinator, and special teams. So phase one is really just getting back in the building. If you're going back to the days of school, maybe a syllabus day, uh, but think of it as a, as a phase one syllabus, getting in there as well as throwing around some weights in the weight room, getting back and getting back around your teammates. So, of course, the draft is almost immediately after phase one, uh, the draft is April 23rd through April 25th. After the draft, that gets us right to phase two. That will start May 4th. That actually gets players on the field. No live contact, no hitting, no pads. Obviously, with the new CBA, you're going to look for these phases to kind of change over the next couple of years as there has been talks about the offseason programs 
what the teams can do, how often they can get him on the field. But this is more just getting people out there, starting to run around the field. Again, starting to implement some of these things as far as the new coaches, their thoughts, the way they want to do things. We'll talk about it later in the show, what Les Snead had to say about those new coordinators and what the team and players should expect as far as some of this new coaching compared to it was over the past couple of years. So phase two is just going to get the players out on the field. That follows closely behind by rookie minicamp. That is May 8th to May 10th, getting those rookies in, getting them familiar, again, installing a lot of stuff, getting the playbooks, uh, just getting them comfortable here in Los Angeles. That is following phase two. And then we head to phase three, which is May 26th. And you can see all this goes from April, early May, mid-May, end of May, and with phase three, it consists of organized team activities or OTAs, which will run for four weeks with 10 days of practice. Remember, keep in mind, as we talked about all these phases, one through three, and we talked about that new CBA, under the current CBA, no player is required to attend any of these offseason programs until the quote unquote mandatory minicamp, which kind of wraps up all this, which is in June 15th to June 18th. Seems like we are so far from June right now, but it will just fly by the closer we get to some of these key dates. Remember, free agency starting only a few weeks away. There's that tampering period right before that as well that you'll see some deals starting to get done. We heard news today, uh, more on Tom Brady, one of the biggest free agents out there. It was said that he will most likely... Uh, sign a deal, a new deal, depending on where it's going, and it's starting to trend elsewhere outside of the New England Patriots. He had a conversation with Bill Belichick, and reports are saying that it didn't go so well. Don't look for him to make this decision in the next couple of days as we've started to see some trades happening and some news about where people are looking to sign. His will probably come after that tampering period and right around that free agent mark, which I believe is the 18th. But again, if I put money down, Tom Brady will be heading elsewhere, so that'll be interesting. And speaking of heading elsewhere, another big trade in the NFL, and this one is sending Trey Turner of the Panthers offensive lineman out to Los Angeles. Don't get too excited. Not the Rams, to the Chargers. The Chargers are then sending back Russell Okun in exchange. Again, just like we said yesterday, this can't come official until March 18th when the league year starts. I think this is a big win for L.A., who Turner's coming off, uh, selected to five consecutive Pro Bowls. He has signed through the 2021 season, expected to make 8.5 this year and 11.5 million next year. And the interesting thing is this is one of the players that have kind of been on the radar as being moved and maybe potential landing spot for the Rams. Instead, the Rams, he goes to the Chargers. He'll be playing in the same stadium. I think this is a big win for the Chargers looking at Okun, who's kind of gone up and down with some injuries. Great tackle, uh, but getting up there in age. So uh, maybe going a little bit younger, getting a little bit more production in the future and also coming off a little bit of Okun's salary. So uh, interesting move there. A little jealous as seeing our other counterpart here in Los Angeles land an offense alignment with the caliber of Trey Turner, but that's the way it happens. And maybe this will start to kind of push the market a little bit on that O-line and kind of open the eyes for the Rams. And we'll see what kind of moves they'll make. In fact, that's one of the next things we want to talk about here as we go into that conversation with JB Long talking with general manager Les Snead. And one of the things was about the O-line and what they're going to do. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. 
breaking down that as well as a plethora of topics that they discussed in their 48-minute podcast going back and forth, talking about free agency, the draft, and all that good stuff we are going to cover over the next two segments. So stay with us. Lockdown Rams Thursday, your team, every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. So around this time in the offseason, a lot of us are trying to pick and pry at what each team is going to be doing in the upcoming draft, in free agency, with resigning their own guys, with going out and getting undrafted free agents, the whole deal, right? And it's not very often you get a chance to listen in to uh, the guys that are making the decisions. But J.B. Long sat down. Again, he's the voice of the Los Angeles Rams. If you haven't had a chance to listen to him on the radio covering a game, I highly recommend you doing it. I've had a chance to even uh, just put that on while watching it on TV because he does such a great job uh, in calling those games. But he also does a really good job with his podcast, Rams Revealed. If you haven't had checked it out, he sat down with both the coordinators had long conversations with them, and now sat down with the general manager, Les Snead, talking about a ton of topics, and we're going to kind of go into it because there were some interesting answers, and we'll start where we kind of left off yesterday, talking about the Rams' potential of a franchise tag and trade, and that still may be in the books, uh, but it was surprising. That was actually one of the first questions that that J.B. Long shot over to Les Snead. And here's what he said when asked about what they are going to do with the franchise tag. He said, quote, As of today, I do not expect to use the tag, but there is a window of time. And ultimately, because there is a window of time, that means you may get some later data points that would say it might be best to use that tool in the toolbox. 
And I know that it can be a positive sometimes for players and a negative sometimes for players, but the best thing to do if you decide to use that tag is to explain the why. And it is a tool in the toolbox that we can use. And if it's the best thing for the Rams to utilize it, then that is what we'll do. And I know that kind of sounds like give you a little information, take a little bit of back, kind of wishy-washy, a little bit in the gray area, but hearing his voice tone on it and, and kind of his thoughts as they went on to kind of talk about the tag is what it does for the Rams and where they're at with the cap. And if they were to franchise tag somebody, don't expect them to actually tag somebody to keep them in the tag, right? You're either looking to tag someone to buy some more time for a long-term extension or the creative solution, which they didn't talk about. And I wish there was a follow-up question there about the tag and trade, but that is what we talked about yesterday. Utilizing that guy to trade him and get 2020 value. The interesting thing is, though, that later in the podcast, they went and talked about making some of those risks and some of the trades and working with that idea of understanding getting compensatory picks back. And he used the example of Sammy Watkins a handful of years ago where they traded a second round pick for him, knowing that when he was going to restructure the contract that they, one, probably weren't going to be able to afford it, and two, really weren't interested in throwing that money at him at the wide receiver position, even though they went and extended a guy like Brandon Cooks a year later. But Les Snead went on to talk about that was part of the math as you looked at it. You give up a second round pick, you get Sammy Watkins that year. That offense really picks up under Sean McVay. They go win the NFC West. You feel good about that move. And then when you let him go in free agency, he signs a big contract. You get that third round compensatory pick. He looks at as almost trading a second for a third round pick. And at the end of the day, you get the production of the player for a year. Again, he goes into this game can be a little challenging and you have to understand what you're getting into when you're playing this game. But but that's kind of been the Rams game plan multiple times as they've been very aggressive in trading picks for active, productive players. So maybe that's something to keep in mind as we kind of move forward here. But I thought that was interesting as we were talking about the franchise tag. Didn't seem really interested in anybody on the team as far as the franchise tag you're looking at. Fowler and Littleton probably being those two top tier guys. But again, the dollars just don't really make sense for the Rams. And really understanding that if you do let them walk, that you're going to get production back in the building. Another thing he kind of said is, yes, you understand that what is leaving the building and what is coming back in is going to take some time to replace. But again, that is part of the game you play with limited dollars and these guys going to try to get uh, really just trying to get paid for the production that they deserve in the NFL. So going to be interesting. I think if anything, I still lean towards the tag and trade option for the Rams or the tag and try to negotiate a long-term deal, but don't look for the Rams to do a straight tag. He kind of, without saying it, almost shot it down just the way he talked about it, but an interesting way of looking at it. And he almost seems to prefer letting people walk and getting those compensatory picks a year later and not so much as trying to get something right now for them via the tag and trade. So uh, maybe all that goes by and and nothing happens. No one's tagged and he just lets everyone hit free, free agency. But if they look to do that, that is how I see them kind of using that tag and trade or the tag in general. Another thing that Les Snead mentioned when talking about free agency was talking about showing some discipline in free agency and understanding that really what you can do and don't get excited about certain players that uh, there's other processes still available to get talent to bring in here. Mentioned some of the 
older veteran contracts that they've gotten in the past couple of years and that they've seen value in those guys instead of trying to get some of these younger, more expensive guys as well as the draft. Talking about those compensatory picks and what those third rounders that they have gotten back turned into, you know, likes of John Johnson and Cooper Cup. So value in the third pick. And even last year, seeing a third round pick and Bobby Evans and what he did for the Rams kind of coming in and filling in late on that offensive line. And speaking of the offensive line, the big question also was Andrew Whitworth. What is happening with him? What are the expectations? And what Les Snead said was kind of made my heart feel pretty good and kind of relaxed me a little bit because we all have the impression that Andrew Whitworth wants to come back here. The Rams want to come back here. But we got to finally hear it from the mouth of Les Snead. And he said the goal on both sides is to like to continue our working relationship together. So they've been in communications uh, and both are very interested Andrew Whitworth and staying here in Los Angeles and them having him here. I think he understands the big picture. When I say he, I'm talking about Andrew Whitworth. So again, we've talked about the friendly hometown discount that I keep talking about as it's not my money. But hey, I think Andrew gets the big picture of what this Rams team is. And uh, he was on NFL Network. Maybe we'll play that clip tomorrow. And he talked about what he thought the Rams needed to do and what their big question marks are. But he talked about some of the big players on the defense side of the ball and that was really the Rams' first steps that they need to do. So if, if uh, Whitworth can come in before the draft here, add a little bit of a better deal, and allow us to uh, work some contracts on the other side of the ball, this could help the team in the long run. But I want to talk more about the offensive line. He talked about those guys. Again, a lot of good stuff from this conversation. I didn't get crazy excited about um, you know his envision of that offensive line, but we'll talk about that next, as well as a little bit more about the new coordinators Jared Goff and reworking that contract. We talked about that plenty on this show, so we'll hear his thoughts on that as well and really what that means uh, as far as money-wise and what the Rams will be having to work with this offseason. So more coming up after this. Lockdown Rams Thursday, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We talked about Andrew Whitworth. It sounded really good for him coming back, and I think that is everything the Rams need on that offensive line because if he doesn't come back, you're looking at a handful of young guys, guys returning from injury, as well as potentially rookies coming in and having to step into place. So you got Andrew Whitworth. Let's just plug him in at the left tackle. I think if you go back maybe two weeks of podcast, three weeks of podcast, I, that was my bold statement. I don't know how bold that really is, but I said Andrew Whitworth is coming back. It was right after the season, and thankfully it's looking like that is the case. The other guy that he mentioned was Austin Blythe, and he said they're in talks with Austin Blythe. He's going to test the free agent market, but a guy that they really like who stepped in at center in replace of Brian Allen, but he also still really has some high hopes on the rest of those young guys, talking about how they looked at this process a couple years ago and when they let Roger Saffold go, that they wanted to go younger, get a bunch of young guys. And you've seen them in the past two drafts acquire a few guys in each of those drafts, even going back to Noteboom and Brian Allen. And then this year, you're looking at Bobby Evans and David Edwards being drafted. And really what he was talking about with that is 
uh, needing to get a bunch of young guys in the building and letting them grow together. He talks about the injuries setting them back and their growth and development kind of took a step back with all those injuries, but that he still really likes this potential of the young group and he wants to give them a shot to grow together. I'm really curious. He seemed really high on Joe Nopum coming back as well as Brian Allen. So uh, what does that mean for Austin Blythe? They're in talks. I feel more comfortable with Blythe in at center. Brian Allen has to prove to me uh, that he's capable of playing that position and coming off of an injury uh, after you know only starting a handful of games doesn't give me a ton of confidence there. You still expect the Rams to go out in the draft and look at a guy on the O-line, but this is going to be a big talking point. And again, he came to their defense uh, just like Sean McVay has, and even I have in these conversations talking about finishing the season strong. And if you look at those last five games, not only Jared Goff played some of his best ball, but a lot of guys, even on the O-line, played some of their best ball, including uh, hopefully returning Andrew Whitworth played some of his best ball in those last handful of games. And just really having the consistency at that line really helped that offense. And that the goals are to really get back to that 2017-2018 season as far as expectation of protecting the quarterback, getting holes for the running back, and really just overall group as well as Rob Havenstein, who he mentioned I think once or twice as far as coming back from injury. So there's still some play there as far as potential trades, uh, drafts, but what he said is he likes this young group and that really uh, this is the group that's going to get it done. So I don't know if we should really expect a big-name free agent to come in at the O-line. One, we can't really afford them. Uh, and two, he just didn't sound like that was their plan of what they wanted to do, that they have some other options on the other side of the ball that they need to take care of as well, but that uh, the young core of the O-line is something he's really excited about. I don't know if I can get fully on board with what he's saying right now. We saw some good things, again, from Bobby Evans and David Edwards, but... Uh, that was minimal work, one year, patch and play type of stuff. What's Noteboom going to be like back? What happens with Austin Blythe? So many questions on this line. Uh, really, JB Long kind of put out and said, okay, if Andrew Whitworth is plugged in at left guard, who else on that offensive line can you say now that you feel comfortable is going to be a starter? And he couldn't really do it. And that's one of the things that kind of scares me about this is you don't know the health of these guys coming back. You also don't know who they're going to draft as well as some of these other free agents. So that still scares me a little bit. He did have some, you know, very less need. Uh, if you've heard him talk before, he's, you know, just like McVeigh can kind of make you feel good about certain things by kind of dancing around the question and saying some key notes here and there. Uh, but what I got away from it was, hey, this is the young group. We've kind of made this plan a couple years ago. We need to play it out. And if an opportunity comes up, yes, we're going to look into it. But right now, I think it is the young guys and go. So maybe look to draft somebody. But don't expect any big name coming in unless, again, close to the vest, there's some trade stuff that happens on the other side. And then as we're talking about some trade stuff and we're talking about contracts and limited money, as we always are here on the podcast, because that just is life as a Los Angeles Ram, uh, he talked about the Jared Goff restructured contract. And that's something we talked about here and almost... At certain times, I said, Jared Goff, you need to do this. This is on you. You need to step up for your team and give some dollars to the rest of the organization. And I was looking, as Les Need would say, I was looking under the microscope, and I was not looking through the telescope. And that was something that he used as an example that he explains, as he said, not only in the organization, but Ram fans all the time, is it is a microscope and telescope type of thing. You have to look at 
What does it do for now when you're looking at the microscope, looking at the direct effect of this? Yes, if we stretch out his contract and they give him some money up front and that frees up some contracts. So that's great for right now. But it's kind of, as he expressed, kicking the can down the road. You're still going to have that issue at some point and it's actually going to kind of increase as far as the cap hit later years. So yeah, it helps you now. But what does it do for you in the future? Is that just pushing the problem to later? Not to say that the 2020 season isn't important, but is it overly important than the 2023-24 season? And that's kind of what he has to do as a general manager is also look under the microscope, but also take out that telescope and look down into the future. And so from my understanding of what he said, it's not to say uh, it's not going to happen because he kind of mentioned the nice thing about that is once you do it, it's done, right? And it's kind of over and that's that's all you can do there. But uh, having that in your back pocket at some point down the road, whether that's in two years and they want to do that and have some flexibility, he talks about that's the great thing about you know his contract is it kind of gives you that opportunity down the road to do, do that still and kind of save some dollars. Or is it really important right now to get it done? It didn't sound like for Jared Goff right now is the right time, but we've heard rumors uh, through multiple sources that maybe it's time for Brandon Cooks to be doing that. Uh, a wide receiver that production was down last year, a lot of head injuries uh, in last season, and, you know, kind of, uh, I don't want to say, again, like Jared Goff coming off that production, you kind of are a candidate for it. But looking at the tag that he takes on at the wide receiver position and the depth that we have there, maybe allowing him to come in and do that as well. And I'm not saying Lesney didn't talk about that here in this conversation, but he kind of said, uh, in you know, without saying it through words, that maybe for Jared Goff, the timing isn't right now. So we'll see if maybe that means another candidate comes forward. Because again, still, we need some money uh, and it would be helpful. But with hearing him talk about that, uh, I didn't expect for Jared Goff to happen. But again, this is him on a podcast having a nice little chat. And of course, maybe not going to give away all the secrets. But he does give some really good insight uh, and we'll talk about some of his insight on the draft on another show. But one last piece before we get out of here, the Jalen Ramsey contract extension as we're talking about money and extensions. And he said he's in talks with his agent. Uh, but at this point, they're going to keep that in-house. There's no timetable on it really at this point. And he kind of said those conversations are going to remain between them. So uh, again, that kind of gives me weird as I'm picking up different trends in the way that he talks and the information that he gives out as that. This might be something that you might see a little more uh, in the now than something like Jared Goff's contracts. He wants to keep it quiet. He wouldn't even answer. I think it was like a 15, 20 second answer. And then they moved on to the next conversation. So important as we talking about getting extra money, we mentioned it yesterday, extending Jalen Ramsey would put uh, you know a handful extra millions into the Rams' hands. Yes, again, going back to that microscope versus the telescope, the money is going to be there for Jalen, uh, but it allows some flexibility for the Rams in this 2020 season. So a ton of awesome stuff between this conversation. I highly recommend you guys going listen to it. First of all, I love JB Long and all the conversations he have, but less need when you're starting to get some insight. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast a little bit more about this because he went then into the draft process. He talked about our running back room. He talked about Greg Zerline hitting the free agent market. He also talked about uh, this wide receiver class and that the Rams are always looking to add talent, but 
uh, have to keep in mind what is in the room already and then also putting value on players and, and talking about his evaluation process in the draft. So we'll talk about all that tomorrow, go a little bit deeper into all that stuff. We appreciate you guys listening as always. But with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.